Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those who are worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today, I have several guests with me to talk about some summer worship training events. These training opportunities are being held by the Fellowship of Worship Artists, a national organization that has been in existence since the 1950s. With me today is Kamisha Chambers, the Executive Director of the Fellowship, Stephen Mitchell, the President-Elect, Trenton Teagarden, the chair of the Convocation Committee for the national event in Dallas, and Michael Doherty, the chair of Music and Worship Arts Week held annually in June at Lake Junaluska, North Carolina. Welcome, friends. I'm so glad you all are here today to tell us about these amazing events. I have always loved attending all the events that the fellowship produces, which has such amazing leaders and great content and seminars and reading sessions. I love all of it. My daughters grew up going to these events, (laughs) and they know most of the fellowship because of that. So, Kamisha, I want to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as Executive Director of the Fellowship? Sure. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us here. We are delighted to be here with you. So, as Diana mentioned, my name is Kamisha Chambers, and I assumed the role of Executive Director in June of 2022. So, we are Approaching my one year, I am, in addition to the executive director role, I also serve as associate pastor for United Methodist Church for All People in Columbus, Ohio. So part-time clergy, part-time ED, the UMC has been good to me. (laughs) My role here with the fellowship is one that is so amazing. I am blessed to do multiple things from administration. So, of course, looking at budgets and helping to make sure membership processes are intact and making sure that our programs are intact and worship arts gets out to everybody. And, you know, just making sure that the operational component of the fellowship falls in line with our guidelines and what we have established in years prior. But also really grateful that another piece of my role is around strategy and casting vision for the organization and seeing what does life look like for us in the next five to 10 years? What does life look like for us in the next year? And been really blessed to have a working board who believes in the vision, who is on board with the vision. And we are looking at really going forth in some great ways. We've 
launched multiple national campaigns and we're going to be launching a few other things within the organization. And I also provide oversight to our change management piece with the fellowship as well. So it's a really fun time for me. (laughs) Two things I want to ask. One is, what is worship arts? Because I don't know that everyone listening might know what that is. And that is such a valuable asset. And then secondly, I know you come to this position with some very specific skills, your doctoral work. And so I want you to talk about that. Some of your previous work that when you were introduced last summer at Lake Junaluska, it was like, oh my goodness, she is the perfect person for this time in the fellowship. So tell us a little bit more about those things. Oh, thank you for that. I So Worship Arts is a publication that we produce on a quarterly basis for our members. Within that, there are multiple resources that are provided for clergy, laity, worship artists. There's a lot of conversational pieces in there. It's a lot of practical tools as well that are designed for individuals to be able to glean from and to even keep with the current times and see how they can continue to curate high quality worship experiences in their churches, in their local churches. And we also try to highlight great events and great happenings within the fellowship as well. So it's a publication that we pride ourselves on. We uh, won a national award in Nashville last year for how it was such a good publication. I have to toot the fellowship's horn for that because it was a lot of hard work that went into that. And just a brief snippet about me. I So in addition to my work with uh, ministry, I have a master's in organizational leadership and a pro-sci international change management designation. And so I brought a lot of that to the fellowship. I have extensive nonprofit background in looking at how to service individuals that are marginalized, as well as community mobilization uh, skills, and also really taking the time to do deep dives into figuring out community assessments and figuring out what are we able to do to serve this specific group during this time. And so building relationships and networking is one of my strong suits as well. And lastly, I completed my doctoral work. I graduated from the prestigious United Theological Seminary, and I have my doctoral degree. It is in spiritual cultivation and trauma healing through music therapy. And so really looking at working with churches and ministry settings on how do we heal from trauma? How do we heal from complex post-traumatic stress disorder with the natural holistic gift of music that God has given to us? And so between strategy, between board forming and development, organizational development, organizational change management, networking and mobilization, those are all of the things that I so willingly bring to the beautiful beloved fellowship. <laughs> oh man, I love that. That's amazing. Like I said, I'm those of you listening, she's the perfect person at this time. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. You. So I'm going to move on to Trenton. Well, tell us a little bit about this national convocation in Dallas. Yeah, thanks Diana. My name is Trenton T Garden. I currently live in Little Rock, Arkansas where I serve as Director of Modern Worship 
and PH Kids Worship Opportunities for Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. And I have the great privilege of serving as the chair of our convocation design team for our 2023 event in uh, Dallas, which will be held at SMU uh, Perkins Theology and Highland Park uh, United Methodist Church. And if you're unfamiliar with what convocation is, convocation in its current form is a biennial event that happens every two years, and it moves around throughout the country, visiting various parts of jurisdictions, and and we have typically hosted this event at local churches and then also local convention centers, but we have an awesome opportunity this year where we're partnering with Perkins Theological Seminary. And just, just a little bit of history about how that came to be. You know, we were supposed to have our event in 2021, but because of the you know, world turning upside down with the COVID pandemic, we weren't able to have that event. And so we put together a task force to try to find a new way to shape convocation. And out of that task force, we began partnering with our United Methodist Seminaries. And now that we are an ecumenical organization, we may be partnering with other higher institutions of learning that aren't just Methodists. So through our partnership with Perkins, we're going to host this three-day event that is full of plenary seminars, workshops, and worship services. And I just want to tell you a little bit about our event theme this year. Yes, please. Uh, We are having an event theme that's called For Such a Time as This, of Gift of Time, Gift of Place, Mm. and Gift of You. And we decided that, you know, we're going to focus on the Book of Esther um, for our event theme and just kind of realizing that all of us as worship artists are called to a specific time in a specific place in the ministries areas that we do. Um, And we're going to celebrate that, and we're going to help equip worship leaders with the tools they need to carry out their ministries with this event. So at Convocation, you know, Convocation is a three-day event that is in the morning. We will be worshiping through morning prayer. Uh, Then throughout the day, we'll have plenaries, six of them, two each day. And then the afternoons will be filled with workshops and seminars. And then every evening we'll have a worship service. And then after our worship services, we'll have a social gathering where we can fellowship with one another at at the event. And first of all, I'm not sure I said what the event date is, so (laughs) I'll go back and say that. It's actually being held July 10th through 13th at SMU in Dallas. And just a little bit about our, our leadership that we have, just some of, some of our keynote uh, speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have designed this event to focus on people who are involved in the academic world, but also people who practice in local churches and other organizations. So we have a good mixtures in our six plenaries between three people who are professors or associate professors and deans. And then we have three other leaders who are experts in their field. And so we have Maria Dr. Maria Dixon-Hall, who is the Associate Professor of Corporate Communications and Public Affairs at SMU, and then Dr. Wes Allen, who is also at SMU and is the Professor of Homiletics, and then finally our third person from SMU is Dr. Marcel Silva-Stewernagel, and he is the Professor of uh, Choral Music, the Director of the Masters of Sacred Music Program, and the Director of the Doctor of pastoral music program. And then outside of SMU, uh, we're bringing in some other leadership. 
Deborah Band, who is an expert in Hebrew and Judaic arts. Dr. Teresa Thames, who is the Associate Dean of Religious Life and the Chapel at Princeton University. And then finally, our last plenary speaker will be Bishop Latrell Easterling, who is the Episcopal leader of the Baltimore and Washington Conference. Wow, what a great lineup. That's amazing, Trenton. And especially, as you said, having had to skip 2021, now that we're at 23, this is like a like the best lineup I can think of. And, and I certainly love being back in Dallas <laughs> at SMU. So you have Wes Salad, who is the professor of homiletics, and, and then Marcel, who's sacred music. So this event, what, who, what's the audience you're, you're envisioning? Really anyone who practices worship arts or is involved in worship ministry, whether they're clergy, laity, or just anyone, really. If you're involved in local ministry, we have something for you at this event. Mm-hmm. Great. And and I love the whole worship arts component as well. That's that's going to be great. I can't wait to be there this summer. So, Michael, let's talk about the Music and Worship Arts Week at Lake Junaluska. Tell us about that. Well, I have the great privilege of serving as the design team leader for Music and Worship Arts Week. And that means that I kind of lead the team of, ten, there are 10 of us on the team who I lead through the nuts and bolts of planning and making sure that everything is in line for the week. And basically, if I were to encapsulate the idea of Music and Worship Arts Week, it would be that it is summer camp for all ages. It's a one-week <laughs> camp that is built around the idea of making art in fellowship, of making worship arts in fellowship together. So we form bigger choirs than we would normally have at our churches. Um, we have choirs for children, youth, and adults. We have choirs for handbells, and we have a dance component. And every day, our day starts with worship, and then we go off into our various rehearsal tracks, and you're with that group throughout the week. And then in the afternoon after lunch, we have more rehearsals for the kids, but then we have seminars of all sorts for really anybody who's involved. I think we have things about how the voice works that would work for someone who's sung in choirs for 50 years, but doesn't really know how their voice does what it does. We have seminars like that. We have seminars for worship planning, which is based more for for professionals in churches. And then a big hit that we have is reading sessions, where we have publishers come and provide us music to read through. And then some of our clinicians will also give us some of their kind of tried and true favorites. Mm. And we just sight read through a whole bunch of music. And I normally can come home with everything I'm going to buy for the year <laughs> with, with, with all the new music that, I, that I've read. So it's just a, it's a great week of, of fellowship and of time together, making music and, and art in different ways mm. than, than we do at home. So... When I go to Lake Junaluska, it is such a holy place. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just some, there's a sense there. Maybe it's the lake, maybe it's the rose garden. And and people just seem to relax and to be able to enjoy the, the nature there, mm-hmm. but then also the fellowship. I mean, there's nothing like it. And I know that there are people that come every year to that and don't miss it unless they're sick or something. And there's youth groups that come by the bus loads every year because their youth director or their youth choir director knows what it's like to be there. And so that has always amazed me that it's just 
once you've come, you want to come back and you want to come back. Yeah. And I love that, how you said about the summer camp for all ages. One, a, a couple of years, I brought my daughters and they each went to their respective things and we did our thing, my husband and I. And, and then, you know, we'd gather in the evenings and talk about what we had done today. And it is such a, a wonderful experience. And so I, oh, the other thing I wanted to say, yes, the reading sessions. So bring an extra suitcase because you're going to go home with a lot of stuff. Just right. Everybody laughs because you know, that's the case, right? One, one, one other thing that we, that is kind of built into the, the program is sort of a progression. And uh, like I said, many, many families have come for years. That's when, that's how my family is. And we have a, a almost this progression of you, you sing a couple years in the children's choir, then you sing in the middle school choir, then you sing in the high school choir, then you sing kind of both in the high school choir and the young adult choir, then you sing in the young adult choir and an old and, and the adult choirs. And our young adults, which are kind of the older high school through, I, I forget what the cutoff age is, it's kind of loose. It's people we like that aren't too old. <laughs> it's yeah. basically how, how we how we define that. But they lead our evening prayer every night mm. in the chapel there. And there's really wonderful, it's such a beautiful space. Like Junaloska is just so, so gorgeous, mm-hmm. just physically on its own. And then the chapel is 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 a beautiful, really holy place that that the that these young people, for many of them, start to cut their teeth as worship leaders, mm-hmm. and and they may become that that next generation of of music leaders and yeah. in the church. And it's 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 beautiful to watch over those years as as people do continue to come back. And the friendships is just that's one of the things that's so much like summer camp that my mm. kids can't wait to go back and see the people that they've seen the last few years and have mm-hmm. gotten to know over this one week. They might keep up, keep in touch with them over the year. They might not, but they know that they're going to have fun with those folks when they get to the lake again. So, And I have to mention one other thing, which is a highlight of the week, is Tuesday night. And we know what happens on Tuesday night, don't we, Stephen? We do indeed. <laughs> you want to say a little bit about that? You, you know the. Tuesday night talent show has just taken on a life of its own. I don't I don't know how that got started with my pink pants and it is very hard to fit into them fifteen years later. But it used to be a youth talent show, but it has definitely morphed into something else. It is. It's turned into an intergenerational talent show. Uh, It's just an extension of what our organization does best, and that is fellowship. And it's just a night to sort of put things aside and have a good laugh and have fun and be in fellowship with each other in a different way than we have been the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I we, we always look forward to that and see what antics you're going <laughs> to have that evening. So, Stephen, while I'm talking to you, another question that comes to mind, well, two actually. One is, if you've never attended either of these events before, how are they similar and how are they different? So that's one thing. And then secondly, either you or Kamisha, I'd like for you to talk about the change from being a United Methodist organization to an ecumenical organization. Sure, I can take that one. And then Stephen, if you want to take the other piece, part of the thing of what we were looking at with the fellowship when I first arrived was, hmm, our board is not 100% UMC. Our participants that come are not 100% UMC. 
So are they feeling as if they are being seen fully in this space with us? You know, if you're from a different denomination or if you look different or if you have something culturally different, when you show up into a space, are you feeling as if you belong? And so that is a very vital question that I always bring, especially being a woman of color, particularly a Black woman, looking at do I find myself in spaces where I show up? And so I looked at how our fellowship was comprised and realized that our UMC roots are strong and they are beautiful and we value them, but we also value those individuals that come to us that are not necessarily from the United Methodist denomination and roots. And so since we are living into that space, how about we fully live in that space and bring it to life and acknowledge that? And so a big part of our immediate strategy of what we looked at in year one was making sure that since we are wanting to grow and we're wanting to look into different caucuses within the UMC and beyond, making sure that our optics prove that to be true, making sure that our language, our statement of welcome told us where we were going with things. And we just wanted to make sure everything else fell in line. And so it took, you can ask Stephen, it took our board a little minute (laughs) to figure out the name um, for where we were going. And so we settled in on the Fellowship of Worship Artists because we knew that was true to who we are. We are the fellowship. We want to be the fellowship. We want to live in community with folks who want to live in community with us. And it is not just for musicians. It's for clergy. It's for laity. It's for anyone who is responsible in any way, shape, or form in curating a worship experience, be it a Sunday or even midweek worship services. And so we just wanted to fully live into our name of the fellowship, but making sure that we encompassed everything of where we are and where we're trying to go. And so we wanted to be authentic to to where we were. And so it has been a welcomed change. A lot of folks have began to feel as if they are actually a part of our organization and a part of our process, and they feel like they belong. And that is at the core of who we are wanting to to make sure that we specify we are not worship. Uh, worship is not denomination specific. It does not belong to just one organization or one denomination. If you have a heart for God and if you love God, you are more than welcome to worship God and we just want to do it with you. And so making sure that we honored our United Methodist roots, but also honored the fact that worship can transcend denominations. And so since worship can transcend that, worship is our product, we transcend denominations. And so that's how we formed into the fellowship of worship artists, being true to who we are and making sure that everyone who wants to be in fellowship with us, we are 100% with the open table, welcoming them and being in fellowship with them. And Diana, I love the, like Kamisha said, it took us a little while to come to that name, but I think it's short and real precise. And I love that the word fellowship, it starts with fellowship and it goes immediately to worship Mm. because those two things are at the core of who we are. I think what separates us from any other organization in arts or in the church is that we create and teach worship. Mm. And a lot of other organizations 
they hit on that, but but that is at our focus. So I was really happy with the new name, and it's the same organization. We still love everyone, and we still do great worship. We just have a new name. I love it. I think it's a great change. And uh, Kamisha, thank you for explaining how that all evolved. And and yeah, if you are called the fellowship, then you really do want to have open doors, right, yes. for everybody to, to come in. And and I feel like you all are living into that really well. Thank you. So, Stephen, back to you. Tell us how these two summer events differ and what people can find at either one if they have to choose. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, uh, I'll start with how they're alike. Okay. And they both have excellent and inspiring worship. Mm. I think when you come to Music and Arts Week or to Convocation, you are moved through worship, you're educated through worship, you're inspired through worship, and you go home with resources to make your worship service better at both events. There's wonderful fellowship in various different ways at both events, we make sure we allow time for that. And there are incredible workshop and seminar leaders at both events. We have amazing guest clinicians that Trenton and his team and Michael and his team have spent a lot of time and thought securing. So that's how they're alike. I would say that Music Week at, at Junaluska might be a little more intergenerational. There's certainly more offerings for all ages there's more of an ensemble focus at Music and Arts Week. Convocation often does not have offerings for youth and children. So I think that's how they are most different. Mm-hmm. Music Week's a little more intergenerational. I, I wouldn't say they're geared to different audiences. Still, those who are involved in worship in any way can attend either or both of the events and come away with important tools and resources for making their own worship experiences more effective at home. The question, if you can only attend one, how do you choose is so hard. (laughs) I know. If your church budget will allow 10 both of them, you really will get so much from either, but really from both. If you have a choir and you're trying to do a building experience with that, I would certainly lean towards Music Week. But if you're new in ministry, if you've been in ministry for 30 or 40 years, if you're coming to the end of your ministry, both events are excellent resources and experiences. Great. Thank you, Stephen. That was great. You're welcome. So, Trenton, Michael, Kamisha, do you have any final words, things that we didn't cover at this point? No, I am really just thankful to have this time with you today, Diana. It has been such a a joy. It's always a joy when the fellowship can connect with you and connect with discipleship ministries and just really taking the time to unpack the ways that we are trying to make a difference within our denomination and beyond. We are really intentional about these events. A lot of love and a lot of care has been poured into these events. A lot of hard work. I don't sit at the meetings all the time because my time doesn't permit that, but I am aware of the hard work from talking with these two amazing folks on the phone, Michael and Trenton, and Stephen and I and Nancy and our other board members are completely 
aware of everything that is taking place behind the scenes and remain in awe at how everyone carefully crafts these events. And so we put a lot of hard work into this for you, for people, for worship artists, and wanting to make sure that folks know that this is a space that's for them and that it's a space that was crafted with lots of love and that their dollars will not be in vain if they invest in both of these events. We understand if they can't invest in both, but if they do, this is definitely a strong return on investment. Investment, and we just want to make sure that we emphasize that. And I'm going to follow up to that and just say, if your church does not offer you continuing education, you need to ask the SPRC to do that. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most valuable things that a church can invest in, and that is in you as a worship artist and your growth. You come back from these changed, and sometimes, of course, the choir will say, oh, goodness, they've been to that event again, (laughs) because they're pulling out all these new things, but that's what keeps us growing, and we have to challenge ourselves and challenge our congregations, but... I really want to say to you, be proactive on asking for continuing ed funds and go to one of these. Lastly, I want to just say that I, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't when you register for either of these events, you, part of the registration is membership into the fellowship. Is that still the case? So that you've got the membership for the year? So an individual would have to indicate that that is what they are wanting to do, is have a membership. So one of the beautiful things that we did, in addition to changing our name, we changed our website. We have a whole new platform. And so... What is that website name? Yes, thank you. It is The Fellowship. O-W-A.org. So it will stand for the Fellowship of Worship Artists. So uh, the Fellowship O-W-A.org. And there should be an indicator there for you to, to do that. But if not, you know, technology, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's <laughs> heartache, but we want to make sure that it's as seamless as possible. But yes, the membership option is available. But if it's, if it's any difficulty that anyone has, they can connect with us and we'll take care of it. And we'll put that link up with this podcast, with a blurb about this podcast. We'll put your link up there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, if there's no other things you'd like to share, I'm going to wrap us up for today. I want to thank you all for joining us today, both our guests and those of you who are are listening to this podcast. We hope this has been helpful to you. Remember that you can find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. We want you to tell us what you think, so send us an email. Until next time, we will be praying for and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.